Welcome to Bakersfield First Assembly of God's podcast. Pastor James is fired up and ready to preach. I hope you enjoy this sermon. Isn't it good to be in God's house? In the Holy Spirit's presence? It's here, and the Lord is here to minister to us. Do want to lift up a prayer request. Russ Toes went home to be with the Lord uh, just a few days ago. We prayed for him last week, and he has received his healing. No more pain, no more cancer, no more sorrow, no more tears. He's reunited with his wife and family, and so we'll we'll just continue to pray for them. And we've we've had a lot of funerals lately. A lot of people have been promoted and graduated, uh, but those that have, of us are left behind are left to grieve. And so let's pray for those. God, I thank you for those that you have taken home to be with you, God. Lord, they are rejoicing this morning around the throne of God. They see Jesus face to face, all that we long for. They're hearing the words, well done, good and faithful servant. And so, Lord, we know there's no sorrow there, no grieving there, but there is here. And Lord, I thank you that you give us grief as a way to cope with loss. And I just pray your your healing touch on those who have lost someone dear to them recently. God, give them the strength just each day, one day at a time. It's all, we can, it's all we can believe for is just today. And we'll worry about tomorrow some other time. But God, I just pray the healing power of your grace would be upon them and the comfort of your Holy Spirit, truly the comforter, would come alongside them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're picking up our story. Jesus had ascended into heaven and the disciples had been baptized in the Holy Spirit and they were on fire. And there was a man at the temple that had been crippled from birth 40 years. And Peter healed this man in the name of Jesus. And people were amazed. But, but Peter and John were arrested. <laughs> they did a great thing and then got thrown into jail by the religious leaders. And when they were brought before the high priests, rulers, elders, and teachers of the law, they threatened Peter and John and said, don't speak in this name ever again. And they said, we can't help but talk about what we've seen and heard. We must obey God rather than men. And so they let him out anyway. And Peter and John went back to the other disciples, and they had a prayer meeting. Bless God, I'd love to be in this prayer meeting. Now, be reminded, there's a prayer meeting tonight at 530, so you can get a taste of it. A little plug right there for the prayer meeting tonight. But this is what they prayed in Acts 4.27. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. And they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak the word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were, were meeting was shaken. Now, that's a prayer meeting when things start rattling. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And so out of that passage of scripture, we have our theme for 2023, stretch out your hand to heal. We will study how God desires to heal the whole person, body, soul, and spirit. And we're laying a foundation. We're taking it just one step. I'm not going to be in a rush. I don't know about you, but I want to learn about healing. I want to study it like I've never studied it before. I want us to dig into the word. And so we're laying this foundation of healing by studying the meaning 
of the words in the Greek and the Hebrew. And so I, uh, it's important that we understand what is said because the English may use the same word, heal, 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 but in the Hebrew, they're different words and different meanings. And so we need to know those meanings. You know, I, I read through the Kindle. I love my Kindle. I, I've never, I don't buy books anymore. I just order them online. They're right there. And one thing I love about my Kindle is if I come across a word I don't understand, which happens quite a bit, you can click on it, and then it brings up a definition. Isn't that cool? You can't do that with a paper book. But a lot of times I'm clicking on that word because I don't understand what they're saying, and then, you know, it means some simple word, and I'm thinking, why didn't they just use the simple word? Why do they got to be so complicated and make them think that they're smart? But we learn and our vocabulary increases as we read. And that is true of our biblical uh, vocabulary as well. We need to learn what God said in Hebrew and in the Greek. So we've studied six of the nine words in the New Testament for healing. Some were just the difference between a noun and a verb. We will now define eight of the 14 words for healing in the Old Testament. So while there's only nine words in the New Testament for healing, there's 14 in the Old Testament. So I've got eight of them, so I'm probably going to have to postpone this for another Sunday. I don't think I'll finish today unless, unless for some reason I come up short. But I'm feeling in the fire of God, so buckle up, as was said earlier. Now, healing is prolific in the Old Testament and New Testament. And the reason we're only going to study eight of the 14 words is because some of the words are proper nouns or places of people. And so there, there are towns called healing. There were people called healer. And so we're going to only to take the eight words in the Old Testament. Now, though healing was prolific in the Old Testament and the New Testament, sickness and disease were viewed a little differently before Christ came. Look at the Nelson's Illustrated Bible Dictionary explains this. The people of the Old Testament times tended to think of sickness as punishment for sin. This concept is explored fully in the book of Job. Those of you who have been joining me on Bible study Wednesday night, either in person or online, we're digging through Job. And we learned in the ancients thought that if you're good, only good things happen. And if bad things happen, it means you're bad. Some people still feel that same way today. And in fact, it, it even carried over into the New Testament. Remember the man born blind? The people said, was it this man's sin or his parents' sin that caused blindness? They still were believing that sin caused disease. Now, it's ridiculous. They asked, was this man that's born blind, was it his sin that he was born blind? Give me a break. Did he sin in the womb? I mean, come on. What's going on here? That's what happens when you try to find answers to God's mysteries on your own. You come up with ridiculous things like they did. So Old Testament, the, the belief early on was that if you're sick, you sinned. But that carried over into the beliefs of some in the New Testament. And so let me finish my, what I'm saying from Nelson's Bible. But Jesus was firmly convinced that his father's purpose for humankind was health, wholeness, and salvation, body, soul, and spirit. He did not teach that disease was a punishment sent by God. 
And while he was always concerned to heal the sick in body, he also paid close attention to the mind and the spirit of those who suffered. You're going to be amazed how many times the Hebrew word for healing has to do with an emotional or a mental healing, a healing of the soul, body, soul, spirit, mind, will, and emotions. So we are going to study that. Is there any correlation between sin and disease? Sin and sickness, we'll, we'll go there eventually. But first, we're going to define each word in the Old Testament. And then we're going to see it in context of a scripture verse. So when you do a word study, you, you define the word, the Greek or Hebrew word, and then you go find where that word is used in the Bible. Because it, that gives context. You, know, you just define the word, and, and many of these words are defined based on the context. So we're going to give a definition, but then we're going to go look at verses that have this word in it. Are you with me? I know I'm starting to sound like a school teacher and you're glazing over. I mean, I'm losing you. Stat. So here's here's a a word for healing the Old Testament. Aruka. Aruka. It means health, healing of a wound, or restoration. The new flesh that grows at the wounded spot. That's interesting. Now, this word is found six times in the Old Testament. Aruka. Here's one of them. Isaiah 58, 8. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing, there it is, Aruka. Aruka will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. I love that. Your righteousness goes before you, and you don't have to worry about your backside. God's got that. The glory of the Lord is your rear guard. But we see there's a certain sense of responsibility. Your healing will quickly appear when your righteousness goes before you. Healing is the result of righteousness and God's glory. When you are in the glory of the Lord, there is healing. I love that old saying, I want to be under the spout where the glory comes out. Right? Right? Don't you want to be in the glory of the Lord? In the glory of the Lord, there's healing. And we also see in Jeremiah 30, 17. But I will restore you to health, Aruka, and heal your wounds, declares the Lord, because you are called an outcast, Zion for whom no one cares. Both Isaiah and Jeremiah are speaking of Judah, who had gone into captivity because of their sin and had become despised in a byword. But God promised to bring them back, bring them back to the land which he had given them. And he wanted to restore them to health because they had been an outcast. God heals and restores the outcast. You look through the New Testament, the Gospels, how many times Jesus healed the outcast? The lepers, the beggars, the, the demon-possessed. I mean, he went for the outcast. And it's amazing in the Bible how, how God chooses people to be his leaders. It's not the same way we choose people. God chooses leaders who don't want to be leaders, <laughs> right? Gideon's hiding in a wine press. I don't want to do this. You know, and, and, and God always chooses people that the world overlooks. 
And, the, and we'll, we're going to dig into this more later, but God chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So you may feel like an outcast. Well, that's good news because God heals the outcast. Number two, kabosh. We'll put the kabosh on this right now. I think that's a different language. Kabosh means saddle, bind up, girded, govern, restrain, healer, bandage. It also means to wrap firmly, especially a turban, a compress, or a saddle. Saddle up. Isn't this an interesting word for healing? Saddle up. It's used 33 times in the Old Testament. Kabosh. Let's look at one of them. Numbers 22, 21. Balaam. Remember Balaam? He was supposed to go curse Israel. He got up in the morning, saddled his donkey. I won't read it in the King James. He saddled his donkey and went with the princes of Moab. So Balaam saddled up to go curse Israel, and then God wouldn't let him curse Israel. I mean, you know, the Bible says an undeserved curse will not light. We, we receive the blessings, but if someone curses you, don't worry about it. God won't allow that to uh, determine your destiny. And so Balaam tried. He tried. And I'll tell you, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, people may try to curse you, but you do not have to be cursed. And it's also used, so it's saddle up, but it also means to bind up, like a wound, a compress, a bandage. And we see that second use in Psalms 147, verse 1. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wombs. Kabosh, right there. He determines the numbers of the stars and calls them each by name. Is that awesome? God created the stars. Could billions, trillions, there's endless stars. And he knows each one of them by name. And I've got news for you. That's pretty awesome that we serve a God that great that made the stars and names them. But guess what? He also knows you by name. He isn't just a, a, an incredibly awesome God. He's a personal God. He knows us. He knows when the sparrow falls and we're worth much more than many sparrows. And so healing, but notice this context. Remember, we're getting the context. The word kabosh means to saddle up or bind up or, or wrap well, we see, not, not like, not that kind of rap. That's pretty good. I, I had the beatbox down. I haven't even practiced that. Healing is the result of our praise to the Lord. When we praise the Lord, he binds up our wounds. There's power in praise. This is why... It's so important when we're worshiping together that you join in. Get in the river with us. Get in the river of praise and worship. Because praise and worship, it's not a concert, except a concert of one. We're all in the band. We're all on the worship team. And when we praise the Lord, that becomes a place of healing. 
I believe we can be healed just by praising the Lord and thanking him and giving him glory. There's healing that comes when we praise the Lord. So get in the river and watch the Lord bind up your wounds. You see, in a sense, we participate in our own healing. Sometimes we are, in fact, responsible for our own healing. You know, we can't expect it from someone else. This is a personal responsibility. Now, others can pray for us. They can be for us. But how many of you know you got to want it? And you got to be willing to do what the Word says to get it. Nobody else can do it for you. It's on us. We can't expect it from someone else. We can't blame it on others. Now, just to give you a little background of who I am, because you know nothing about me. I never share stories or anything. I'm totally closed book. One thing about me is I could eat breakfast anytime, day or night, bless God. I love breakfast. And I'll often eat breakfast for dinner and breakfast for breakfast and breakfast for lunch and breakfast for snack. And my favorite breakfast in the whole here it comes. My favorite breakfast, you know what restaurant it is? McDonald's, bless God. Now, I got to say something. Last time I mentioned McDonald's, I got like 50 cards, cards for McDonald's. Please don't do that. It's taken me five years to lose 20 pounds. I could gain it back in a day. So please, um, keep me accountable. Don't give me any McDonald's. I, th- I know you love me, and I, but if you love me, don't get it, give it to me because I will use them every day, morning, night, and, and, the, and I will be ordering breakfast. I'll be ordering a sausage McMuffin with egg and hash browns. Bless God. Sometimes you can get two sausage McMuffins. And what's more important to me is to, to save money and to make a deal. So I can barely eat two of them, but I will because it's two for one. My parents went through the Great Depression. I, I eat everything on my plate. Now, sadly, not every McDonald's serves breakfast all day long. Some do. And, if, and I, you know, I pulled in the other day to a McDonald's. They didn't serve breakfast. I wanted to get out of line, but the cars were all around me. So I have a fallback. Jack in the Box. If you didn't know, Jack in the Box serves breakfast all stinking 24 hours a day. And my order, now don't give me jack-in-the-box cards, please. Just put it in the offering. Give it to Pastor Gary. He's a lean, mean fighting machine. He can handle it. Me, I'll just, things will happen that aren't healthy. Jack-in-the-box, here it is. Number 27, extreme sausage sandwich combo. Number 27. It has an egg, two sausage patties, three slices of American cheese, hash browns, and milk. Oh, I haven't eaten breakfast. I got to go. That is glorious. And so I went there this last week, went through the drive-thru, made my famous order, number 27 combo, please. They handed me my milk and my debit card and receipt. I always freak out. Am I going to forget my debit card? I drove home just savoring anticipating the glory that would be 
And I pulled it in at home in my driveway, and I reached to the back. It wasn't there. I thought, did it fall down? You know, did it fall in the back? I'm tearing my truck apart trying to find my number 27 extreme sausage sandwich combo. And then I realized I must have left it. And I thought, should I go back? And I mean, yes, it's $8.95. Of course I'm going to go back. It's not even an issue. or $8.95. So I went back and I pulled up the speaker. How may I help you? I wanted to say this. I think you forgot to give me my extreme sausage sandwich. I wanted to put it all on them. But the Holy Spirit was there, and I had to own it. I said, I think I <laughs> drove off without my extreme sausage sandwich. She said, just pull up. They knew it was me. <laughs> and I pulled up the window, and there it was, sitting by itself. But there were a couple other bags behind it. So I'm hopeful I'm not the only idiot that does this. I get the milk, I get the receipt, and I'm gone. Bless God. We have to own it. We can't put it on other people for our own healing. It's up to us to praise the Lord until we are healed. You keep praising him, you keep praising him. Others can't do it for us alone. Sure, they can join in, but it's up to us. And what it says here is God heals the brokenhearted, which is a healing of the mind and the emotions. Again, you're going to find how many of these words in the context apply to a mental healing, an emotional healing, because God cares about healing the whole person. And a lot of our physical struggles are due to an emotional sickness. And we, and we need to uncover that. I'm amazed how often the Lord talks about healing our hearts, healing our souls, because he knew we would need it. And so we, we see part of our responsibility is to praise, to praise the Lord for our healing. Number three, Yeshua. Now, you know this. This is the name of Jesus. Yeshua is, is uh, the, the name of Joshua in Hebrew. Jesus is the Greek version of Joshua. And so Jesus' name was actually very common. It's Yeshua. And we say Yeshua HaMashiach, which is Hebrew for Jesus the Messiah. And this is used 78 times in the Old Testament, Yeshua. One time it's in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 17. You will not have to fight this battle. Oh, this is a word for somebody today. You came to church for a word, you just got it. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Oh, Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. The word deliverance is Yeshua. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position. Stand firm and see that Yeshua, the Lord, is with you and will give you. The healing of deliverance takes away our fear and discouragement. Here is, again, a healing of anxiety and depression. Do not be afraid. That generates anxiety. Do not be discouraged. That can lead to depression. And those are very real illnesses that we don't always understand and haven't always respected, but it is true. And we as believers know that God can heal body, soul, and spirit. 
It comes, this healing, this deliverance, comes as we, as we take our stand. But you got to let God fight your battles. Here is a healing again of the soul. Psalms 42, 5 and 6 in the New Living Translation. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again. My Yeshua, my Savior, and my God. Hope, this is so important. Hope, notice two things here. Praise, again, and hope. Praise and hope work together to heal our discouragement and sadness. As Christians, we always have hope. And we know that even if someone is healed by going to heaven, we will see them again. And that hope is healing to us. It helps us heal through grief is the hope. Hope is the key and praise is the instrument of God. We also see this, this word Yeshua in, in Psalm 61 verses 1 and 2 in the King James Version. I love how the King James reads this. God be merciful unto us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. You, that's part of the blessing I give every Sunday. And that means the presence of the Lord. The face of the Lord means his presence. May the, may the Lord turn his presence towards you. I will, whoop, I'm gonna jump ahead. Selah, that thy way may be known upon earth and thy saving health, there it is, Yeshua again, among all the nations. Mercy and blessings bring a saving health as the face and presence of the Lord shines upon us. And I'll close with number four. We won't get to the rest till next week. Kiha means a healing, a cure, a quenching, a dulling, a lessening, or an alleviation. Only used once. But I thought it was fascinating is why we take it in context and see this word for healing in Nahum 3.18. O king of Assyria, your shepherds slumber, your nobles lie down to rest, your people are scattered on the mountains with no one to gather them. Nothing can heal your wound. Your injury is fatal. Everyone who hears the news about you claps his hands at your fall. For who has not felt your endless cruelty? A time may come when it's too late for healing. You see, the Assyrian Empire conquered Israel, the northern kingdom. And the Assyrian Empire was notoriously cruel and vicious, especially to the captives and those they conquered. They were a brutal empire and they terrorized the nations of the earth. But in its wickedness and cruelty, it crossed the line and was destroyed, wiped from the face of the earth. There would be no healing for the Assyrian Empire because they had gone too far. Would you bow your heads with me today? What kind of healing do you need today? Is it physical? Is it emotional, mental? Is it the healing of a broken relationship?
The most important healing of all is salvation. And so I want to give you a chance to be healed of your spirit. We all need our spirit to be healed, and that only comes through faith in Jesus Christ. So if you'd like to ask Jesus into your heart and life, or maybe you have at one time, but you've walked away, you've drifted away, it's time to come back and be healed. Let there be a healing body, soul, and spirit. And so if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord Savior, you want the healing of your spirit, and you want the opportunity to heal your soul, the brokenness, the grief, the sorrow, the pain, the suffering even in your physical body, if you come to the Lord, he will heal you one way or the other. So if you're ready to accept Christ, the healer, or you're ready to come back to the Lord, would you just raise your hand in this place? Yes. Anyone else? Keep your hands raised. Yes. Hands all over the congregation. Amen. You can put your hands back down. Thank you for raising your hand. That took courage. That took faith. And so I want to lead you in a prayer, and I'm going to ask the rest of us to join in with this prayer so these folks know that they're part of a family, that we've all prayed this prayer at some point. And we want, th we want to pray with them so they know they're not alone. So if you raised your hand to accept Christ or to come back home, would you join with me and the rest of the congregation in praying this prayer? Dear Jesus, Please forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and life and make me a new person. I repent of my sin. I turn away from my old life and I follow you. And thank you for giving me heaven and eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, would you do us a favor and the card in front of you, would you just let us know just your name and how we can contact you because we want to follow up with you. After the service, we have elders and board members here for prayer. If you'd like to come and pray with them for healing of your body, soul, or spirit, we want to give you that opportunity. Would you stand with me? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. God bless you, your freedom. You've been listening to Bakersfield First Assembly's weekly broadcast. BFA is located on the corner of California and Marilla Way. We meet every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in person and online on Facebook and YouTube. For more information, Check out our website, bakersfieldfirst.com, or download our app from the App Store.